welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, Jody Hamilton will be joining me, and I'm so excited. She's a regular on the Bob Seska show every Thursday. She's also on Stephanie Miller every Tuesday, and she hosts her own podcast from the bunker. Oh, yeah, she's also Carol Burnett's daughter, so that's fucking awesome. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to her. I want to quickly tell everybody that for a while, I've been trying to figure out what to do with the um, $5 tier, right, for the patrons only. I do, sometimes I do patrons only, which is a dollar gets you in. But I've had a $5 tier where I used to do a show after the free show. And I'm going to change that up. I mean, I may do that from time to time for the $5 tier. But what I'm considering doing is two times a month right now to start. I'm going to kind of do like a diary of my life, uh, like an online diary of my online life. But it's not just going to be online stuff like, you know, talking about experiences I've had um, dealing with other people on social media or maybe talking about certain guests that I've had and just kind of going over interviews and, and going over my thoughts on them. There might be something like that. And then there are also going to be maybe stories from my my past, whether it's work experience stories or relationship experiences, whether it's like romantic relationship with a man or relationships that I've had with girlfriends. And I think the thing that's going to tie everything together for the most part, it may not be every single show, but the thing that will tie it all together is that it'll be coming from my perspective as a woman, as a feminist. And I can talk about stories, you know, workplace experiences that are really funny. And I was telling Bob about some the other night and I thought, oh my God, I should do a podcast about this. So, um, Um, I can do those kinds of shows where I can explain funny, interesting situations that I was involved in, but I'm also going to be able to come at it from an angle of a woman and explain my experience and how I can, especially as an almost 52-year-old woman, go back and look at experiences I had when I was 35, and I can... Um, you know, not only share them and the funniness or the sadness or whatever it is about that particular story, but... um, kind of see it from the lens of a feminist and how it affected me. So I'm going to start doing that. And I'm not, I'm going to start with two times a month and then I'm going to see how that goes. And I'm not sure, I haven't decided, I just got this idea this morning, kind of last night this morning. I, I, um, I, I may just do the first couple of shows for free and try to entice people to come onto the $5 tier, or I may start an episode and then cut it off halfway through, make the first part free. And then if you want to be a patron, you have to hear the, I mean, if you want to hear the rest, you have to be a patron. So we'll see what I'm going to do, but I'm not sure. And then I also just wanted to say that, I mean, it might go up to three to four show, shows a month pretty quickly if it's really something that I love and people are responding to, but I'm, I'm going to just commit to two times a month right now. I will do one this month because I've already done a couple of patrons only shows this month. So I will do one. Now this leads me, excuse me, <clears throat> frog in my throat. This leads me to Wednesday. On Wednesday, the guest scheduled is Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show. And she also runs Lady Parts Justice, which is a group that collects money for abortion clinics and stuff like that. So she's going to be awesome. And the reason she's here or will be here is because the Supreme Court is going to be deciding on an abortion issue on March 4th. And we're going to be talking about that. She's a fascinating woman and I am really excited to have her as a guest. But here's the deal. She's a busy, famous woman. And whenever I announce people like I'm going to be interviewing so-and-so, they usually have some issue with their schedule or something like that. And so we are supposed to go on at 5 p.m. Normally I, I, I 
record the shows earlier in the day. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. And she may not, you know, because of schedule, she may have to postpone or cancel or something like that. So if that happens, I just want to make sure everybody knows there will be a show on Thursday. And I'm pretty sure I'm not promising it'll be by the end of this month that I'm going to do, um, you know, like the My Diary kind of show. I haven't named it yet. Maybe it'll just be like, you know, Dear Diary. But I will either do it this Wednesday during the day before Liz comes on or, you know, I'll just do it sometime before the end of the month. So um, just wanted to catch you up on that. And the last thing I want to do, say, before I go into pitching the show to you as a, you know, want you to be my patron. Um, I did a show last Wednesday that I deleted and I'm not going to really go into too much detail. If you are my patron, you got an email and you understand why it was deleted, but I had a guest on. And after the guest was on, I received a couple of emails about this particular guest that were not good. And I know that these one included an article and uh, one of the emails and then another email was from somebody who told me some things and I just decided that um, in light of this information that I did not know before, it was best for me to completely delete the show. I apologize for that. I certainly had no idea that that was going to happen, but it happened. So I deleted it and we're moving on. So, okay. Start Me Up is an independent podcast, and it's woman run, and you're listening to the woman who runs it. Also, for the month of February, and we're almost done with February, um, I'll be donating 5% of the podcast earnings to Planned Parenthood. So if you like the show, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber, <laughs> please, at patreon.com slash start me up. You go there, you see all the tiers. I will be in the next few days up uh, updating the $5 tier to explain what I just explained to you. But I'm still kind of working it out in my head, so it'll come shortly. But, you know, if you sign up for a dollar a month, that's only $12 a year. That's not even a movie. And you get every single show into your email email box. So that's one benefit. And you can always upgrade later. Also, the more money the show makes, the more money Planned Parenthood gets. So that's win-win. I've already explained how the $5 show is going to work out from now on. So if you want to make a one-time donation, sometimes people prefer doing this. In the text of the Patreon description, I include how to pay me on PayPal. My email address is there. Some people like that better. Some people feel more comfortable just going, here's X amount of money. If you want to do that, great. If you want to sign up for a dollar or $5 or $25 a month or whatever you feel comfortable with, Every dollar helps go to the production of this podcast, and I am ever so grateful. Last, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. I would really appreciate it if you would become a subscriber over on Apple Podcasts and give the show a positive review. I have not had a new review since November, so it would really be awesome if you could do it. It's free, and I know in some cases it's a little confusing, but um, if you just kind of play around on the um, site, you can find it. I did. I have gotten some good ratings, however, so thank you for everybody who's done that. I've noticed and I appreciate it, and obviously my goal is to rise up on the charts in Apple Podcasts, so I am doing that slowly but surely, and that's because of you guys, so thank you, and that's it. I'm done. Please enjoy my conversation with Jody Hamilton. Welcome, Jody. Hi. I'm so glad that you're here. I am too. I'm very excited. I get now the Kimberly of the Bob and Kimberly. I know. Well, we did. What didn't we do one podcast together with I him? I think we did. Yes, we did. I believe it was a while ago. But yeah. 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 That was fun. And I mean, you know, I whenever we do the after party, he has that 
<laughs> yes, that sound bite of you when you were so frustrated and you were taking a drink and you're like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, play that one. That's how I feel. I'm always making him play that. It's I like, think he was. Ta- I think we were talking about Maggie Haberman or something. And she'd done something <laughs> stupid, and I just took a swig of tab, and I was like, no. You know? <laughs> It's awesome, and I love it. Um, oh, my God. There's so much going yeah. on today, and there's just, like, every day. I mean, Bob likes to call it the fire, was it the fire hose of news or whatever? Yes. But it's, like, every day, and I, I, I fucking hate this primary. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The 2016 primary, but this one is even worse, mm-hmm. and it's just so horrible, and I don't even know where to begin. Like, we could begin, I don't know. Where do you feel like beginning? We could talk about Weinstein, or we could we could head into the primary. What do you want to talk about first? Why don't we go from the the... the awful to the awful and I don't know which is worse um (laughs) (laughs) well I mean the my question is what is the delegate count right now oh you know what I think I don't have that in front of me but I I remember saying I think Bernie's at around 35 here we go I have it right now oh okay so far 84 delegates out of almost 4,000 just for your listeners have been declared and at the moment uh Sanders has a whopping 35 okay Pete Buttigieg has 24, Biden has 10, Warren has 8, Klobuchar has 7, and then that's it. And Joe Scarborough thinks uh, Warren and Klobuchar should drop out. No. And the reason why is because he, of course, there's this whole stop Bernie thing. And so um, he, why would he think Warren dropping out of the race would stop Bernie? I mean, wouldn't she, at all. Yeah, I mean, think she's taking some of his votes away. He's such a sexist. He fucking drives me crazy. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so okay, so the Bernie thing. Now, all of my—I don't know exactly where you stand on him. My listeners sh- are familiar, but for anyone who's new to the show, my my take on Bernie, real quick, is I voted for him in 2016. I was a staunch. Uh, you know, supporter. And then I voted for Hillary very enthusiastically. And then over time, I became like distrustful of Bernie. And the main reasons are he hired Tad Devine in 2016 to work on his campaign. And Tad Devine worked with Paul Manafort in Ukraine. So I don't understand this. It, it confuses right. me and upsets me. Um, and then I don't like that he has referred to Russia as a distraction. And then I also don't like that he has hired David Sirota. And I'm not sure if I'm going to say her name correctly, but Brianna Joy. Um, mm-hmm. I think Brianna Joy is media or press or something. And she voted for Jill Stein. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, and David Sirota is just an attack dog. And so there are things about Bernie that I question and I don't understand. I'm not making any accusations, but I, I feel like some of these, there, there are other things, you know, his, his votes on Russia sanctions, he has right. never voted to um, sanction them. He's got excuses. There was one re- there was one time where he missed a vote because he was having a meeting with his staff about sexual harassment. And right. of course that meeting could have been scheduled at any time, but it just so happened to be scheduled at the time they were having this vote. So I don't, you know, I mean, I know that one of the reasons he gave for not voting for Russia sanctions was because of, and I don't remember the details, but it had something to do with, you know, how we deal with Iran and you know, he, it was him and, and uh, Rand Paul. They right. were the only two who did not vote for sanctions. Everybody else did. So that bothers me. And I am a critical thinker. So even though I totally like Sanders' overall vision, um, there are things about him that bother me. But that said, and I'll I'll just let you go in a second, I will support him. And I feel like, um, I feel like he, 
I forgot what I was going to say now. Go ahead. Say whatever <laughs> you're going to say. I'll remember. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's funny because people, you know, accuse me of not being a Bernie supporter. I was a Bernie supporter before it was cool. And you can ask Rick Unger <laughs> um, because my old my podcast partner and I had lunch with Rick in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I said to him, I said, I wish Bernie had run in 2008. Mm-hmm. And he said, really, I don't think we'll ever, you know, did it. And it was funny. I posted that on Facebook and Rick goes, yep, I totally remember that conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was, I was, I, cause he was on Tom Hartman for years. Yeah. And so I got to listen to him and, and, and really appreciate his vision. And, and one thing that I don't like about how he presents himself uh, among many of the things that you just said is they are going to throw the per, per, pejorative way of yeah. saying socialist at right, him. Right, which is communist. All, which is, exactly, and and that's not what he's doing. No. But if he would just say he's an FDR Democrat, yeah. boom, problem yeah, solved. Yeah, exactly, and it would help, I mean, it would just, the thing is, is that it's so unfortunate, like, he made that tweet, and I understand where he was coming from, and um, what's her name, uh, Nina Turner was on Joy Reid, mm-hmm. and it was a really good interview, and, you know, Joy brought up the idea that he, you know, Sanders put out this tweet, you know, watch out Republican ex- establishment, watch out Democrat establishment. Mm-hmm. And, okay, first of all, he is part of the Democratic sa- establishment in that he's been a part of it for such a long time. I know. And, okay, I understand where he where he comes off and says, you know, okay, I'm not because I don't take money from big donors, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I don't believe the party should be going in this direction. Um, and I get it. I mean... That, that's part of what drew me to him in 2016 is I right. totally believe, like, for instance, and I'm going to say his name wrong. Um, where is it? It's Anand. Do you know how to say it? It's Giridhar. No. Ra- I don't know how to say it, but he's fucking awesome. And he was on MSNBC and he was talking about the fact that, you know, MSNBC and, and the political establishment, if you will, like the pundits mm-hmm. and all that, the journalists, they're freaking out about Bernie. And... And like Chris Matthews was so fucking stupid and compared that Bernie Sanders movement to Nazism. Are you kidding me? That's just, come on, Chris, you're smarter than that. Oh, that made me so angry. And um, it's the idea that, and I'm with this. This is also Elizabeth Warren. It's the idea that the Democratic Party could be improved. That doesn't mean... I'm attacking the Democratic Party if I believe that. It just means that I see room for improvement. I mean, when Citizens United was passed, uh, it made it easier for corporations and, you know, big, dark money to come in. So obviously so many Democrats are on board with getting rid of that for obvious reasons. Um, And then, you know, also there are so many legislators that spend their days outside of their offices and other offices while they're raising money and not working Mm -hmm. for the people because they have to raise money. Right. And that's a waste of time. You know, there's there's so many things that can be improved. And and I don't see anything wrong with calling Democrats out for behavior that could be improved upon without demonizing them. You could say, Mm -hmm. you know, look, I I don't you know, I mean, I'm not going to tell Elizabeth Warren to not take money from a super PAC at this point when every other candidate is. She's she needs you know, she can't show up to a gunfight with a fucking butter knife. I agree. So I, I, when when it came out that she was okay with this one pack that literally formed like two days before the Caucasus, <laughs> it's like, oh, she's been in cahoots for right. She just found out about them. It's like, first off, you cannot work with a super pack. That's against the law. Mm-hmm. So anybody can any pack can come out and support anybody they want as long as they're not coordinating with 
the candidate. Right. And so there will be, no matter who, if, if it is Bernie Sanders as the nominee, there will be packs for him. Mm-hmm. Trust me, they will be formed. Right. Right. And the, he will benefit from that. And if he's and, the nominee, frankly, I want that. Me too. <laughs> we know. need that because, I mean, it's, it's just insane. I have friends and I'm looking on Twitter and they're like, oh, if Bernie's the nominee, I'm not going to vote for him. <sighs> F you. Yeah. You know what I say to everybody now is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Thank you. You know, it's like, and somebody accused me of being a white feminist and not understanding. And it was like, um, and I think it was a black man and I can't remember, but I just thought, you know, black people, people of color, women, whoever's not a privileged white man in the society mm-hmm. is going to benefit from a liberal Supreme Court, no matter who it no doesn't, kidding. you know, and white men will, will also benefit, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're all going to benefit from it. So, you know, I posted on my Facebook page and I think on Twitter that I fucking can't stand Mike Bloomberg and right. I don't want to have to vote for him. I don't want to have to vote for him either. But I fucking <laughs> will because of Ruth Bader yep. Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's the Supreme Court and she she deserves to retire. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not fair that she feels she has to be there because we have this crazy man. And I think I remember what I was going to say about Bernie is that, look, if he's the nominee, um, I need to find in in my heart ways to support him. And mm-hmm. on in some ways I, I can it's easy for me because I can say, all right, like I, I'm not so concerned that like what concerns me is Russia. I don't know what the deal is with Russia. And because I don't know, it just makes me feel like I, I can't trust him and I can't pinpoint why I can't trust him. But do I think that he's in cahoots with Russia? No. Do yeah. I think that he is going to um, do Putin's bidding? No. But uh, you know what I think I think with Bernie is he may not be the most effective president. And the reason I say that is because, like, I think in terms of, you know, he wants to do Medicare for all. And he was just recently interviewed on 60 Minutes. It was last night. He was asked how he was going to pay for it. He did not give a strong answer. He, he basically sidestepped it and said, I don't know the nickels and dimes. Whereas when Elizabeth Warren right. was faced with this question, you know, she I thought it was wrong of her to not come out of the shoot with here it is. Uh, you know, I know we all don't like to talk about higher taxes, but let me explain it to you. Just like she right. explained the wealth tax. Let me explain to you in a, in a basic way how this will save you money. I wish she would have done that, but she didn't. So she did listen to people when they when she refused to take on the uh, your, your taxes are going to be raised. Mm-hmm. She went back to the drawing board. She came up with a plan that that I, I think calmed some people's fears about an immediate Medicare for all. And it would be a three year slower transition into like the mm-hmm. public option, um, which, frankly, I think would probably be longer than three years once well, and, it starts. And if you do know that when Medicare was initially passed, the idea was for it to eventually mm-hmm. cover everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was that was LBJ's plan was, look, it's we're going to start with people 65 and over. Right. But eventually the entire country will be able to benefit from this health care plan. And and Tom Hartman, who is way smarter than most people <laughs> on the planet, um, <laughs> said, and I agree with him, he goes, if you're going to have a public option, meaning Medicare, if you want it, which is what Buttigieg says. Yeah. You have to regulate it to an extent where doctors have to take it. Yes, absolutely. Like, like it's, you know, you have to be, you have to take it. Otherwise, then you're going to have 
insurance companies dropping their prices mm-hmm. and dropping their stuff, and people are going to buy into that, even though they're not. It's going to be catastrophic insurance all yeah. over again. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, and so it has to be regulated to a sense where if you're a doctor, you must take Medicare, which mm-hmm. would be stupid for them not to. Right. I don't understand any doctor that wouldn't take it because, you know, a lot of people have that and that's their only insurance. You might yeah. as well take everybody you can. Yeah. And that's the only way that that would make it level with insurance companies and then bring private insurance prices down or, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for some people, pr- price them out of the market, which would be their... F- we have FedEx, we have UPS, and we have the post office. They mm-hmm. all work fine together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that's such a great point. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I, somebody else was arguing with me on my Facebook page because my whole take is this. You know, I mean, I, I say this to my father who's concerned. I mean, he's a Democrat, but he's concerned about this Medica- Medicare for all idea. And I'm like, Dad, there is absolutely no way. I don't care who it is. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, anybody. No president is going to walk in and say, all right, Medicare for all. Right. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is they're going to have to pass something through Congress. Mm -hmm. And there's no Congress, no matter how blue it is, that is going to give any president Medicare for all to start. It's it's going to be a compromise of the public option. I mean, just look at Obama could not get the public option in because of Democrats. Joe fucking Lieberman. Exactly. And, you know, but it's like Democrats stopped him from doing that. And that's, you know, Democrats in red states are going to be very cautious about this. So we're going to get the public option. And, you know, somebody had said on the Facebook comment, it was like, well, Kimberly, what if, you know, don't, how can you say this? Bernie's going to get this incredibly progressive Congress and (laughs) and they're going to, um, they're going to have to, you know, give him this thing because it's public sentiment. And I'm like, how do you know what kind of Congress he's going to get? Nobody knows what kind of Congress he's going to get. Hopefully he'll get a very blue one if he's the president. But it's like, even so, it's not going to happen right away. Is, is this person like expecting, it. like, in the Senate, 67 AOCs <laughs> and in the House, 218 AOCs? Because exactly. that's not happening. No. And so, I mean, you know, and, the, the, and the, I told him, I said, because he's like, there's all these people that are going to be sick. And, you know, I said, well, they can go with the public option then. Mm-hmm. They have it. It's there. So it's like, why panic? I don't understand this. And so it's just, I mean, this whole thing with Bernie is just driving... It's making everybody crazy. And I feel like, okay, if I'm going to get behind the guy, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if he would be effective in that Obama understands and understood what group of people to put together to come up with the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth Warren put together a whole fucking governmental agency thing with, Mm -hmm. you know, with with her. her programs, which is not coming to me at the top of my head, consumer protection and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She understands how to do that. Bernie is not known for working well. In some cases, yes, but I mean, Hillary Clinton said it, and I know she got a lot of shit, but when she said that he doesn't work, uh, that people don't like him, she was referring to people in Congress, not the enormous fan base that he's, or support base that he's built up. That's who she was referring to. And she knows what she's talking about. You know, he can be a curmudgeon. He can be a my way or the highway type of guy with these people. And I mean, all we have to do is look at his sanction votes. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he was, he was one of the senators who did not vote for the Iraq war. But I feel like, and and good for him, you know, but Mm -hmm. I feel like the rest, the rest of them were handed a lie and they vote they voted based on the lie that there were me- weapons of mass destruction. And so, I mean, I'm not going to fault them for that because they were 
they were sold a bill of goods and, and it was not true. And that's how they, that's how they, you know, decided to vote. So, I mean, well, yeah, not- I mean, when people, when people blamed Hillary Clinton for her vote, hi, New York Senator. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the fuck was she supposed to do with given fault, faulty information and her state was hit? Exactly. Exactly. And so, I mean, I feel like it's, it's just, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, I also want to say about Bernie, you know, we're hearing from the right, specifically from never Trumpers like Joe, uh, Joe Scarborough and, mm-hmm. you know, Tom uh, Nichols and all of that crowd that he'll never win. And frankly, I, I can't get behind that because, I mean, I can definitely see each candidate has vulnerability, right? Regardless of the fact that they're all polling higher, you know, like most of them are beating Trump in most of these polls. Um, right. But... Each one has a vulnerability and they're up against so much more than just Donald Trump. They're up against, you know, Russian propaganda. They're up against GOP propaganda. I mean, we've got Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon said he was going to flood the zone with shit. Okay, they're doing that right now. And that's the Trump side. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got Brad Parscale and that whole deal going. And then you've got the Russians doing it. So so we're up against two very strong forces in our society on social media that are literally flooding the zone with shit. And whoever is um, whoever is running has to fucking combat that. And and I'm like, (laughs) I I feel like I think Bernie has the potential to win because he will bring with him young people who usually don't vote now. Right. Black people, women, people over 65 um, I, you know, he clearly, I also think he, he has the youth vote, but I think he also has a lot of the Gen X vote. I think that yeah. all those groups that I just mentioned and some of those people who swear to God that they would never vote for Bernie Sanders, I think of them kind of like the Pumas, the, you know, party uni- mm-hmm. party unity, my ass, Obama, people who hated Obama and then they voted for him and wound up loving them. I don't think they would necessarily wind up loving um, Bernie, but I do think they would come around. And I would hope so. I mean, I have, I do have some friends that that are older than I am, mm-hmm. um, that are like, I'm not sure. And it's like, dude, yeah. this is our democracy right now. This is not. This is not. Uh, <laughs> it was like in 2016. I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders only agree on 90 percent of everything. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and then and then I one of my old co-hosts, he would be like, well, you know, she's this and she's, you know, he's an outsider. No, he's not. Mm -hmm. He's been in politics his whole adult life. Mm -hmm. So don't say he's not a newcomer in this. He's a he's a politician. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) Being a politician (laughs) is not a bad thing when you want to be in politics. I'm all for it. You know, it's not denigrating Bernie Sanders for being a successful politician. That's a good thing. You know, that means he kind of knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, So it's like, stop saying he's anti-establishment. And he should stop saying that, too, because if he wants to bring people Mm -hmm. in who are against him, hi, Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do not like the fact that he never actually has joined the party, but is using the party to his benefit. Mm-hmm. And so, and I agree, I'm glad that way because otherwise if he were running as an independent, it would be yes. way worse. It would split the vote. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I appreciate him joining when he wants to run for president. Mm-hmm. Um, but still it's like, guys, when people complained in 2016 in California about, oh, you can't vote for the Democrat if you're not in the Democratic Party. I'm sorry. I'm against open primaries. So am I. If I you're think not we, a member of the party, you shouldn't. I shouldn't be able to vote for the Green Party candidate mm-hmm. or the Republican candidate. That's not who represents me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in California, it's interesting. If you are declared independent or a Democrat, 
you can vote in the Democratic Party. Hmm. If you're a Green Party member or a Republican or some other party member, those are closed. Hmm. Well, that's good. But it's right? interesting, don't you think? The Democrats yes. are allowing independents to vote yeah. for their candidates, but the Republicans, the Green Party, and one other party, I forget, Libertarian maybe, mm-hmm. are not allowing it. So I'm like, who's afraid? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Who's afraid in California? Not the Democrats. Don't blame us. And we can see why, you know, I mean, I think in Nevada there was some guy who was no, it was Iowa or Nevada who posed as a Democrat. Um, It was Nevada, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I guess he, did he register as a Democrat and then he went back to Republican and then he voted in the caucus Mm -hmm. for Bernie. Uh-huh. And so there, you know, and there's the other thing of it coming out that Russia, that Bernie is a Russian asset. Okay. Asset is different than agent asset means they are using him which they are but they were using him in 2016 Mm -hmm. because and and, you know i mean they weren't necessarily using hillary but they were using bernie to pit voters against hillary absolutely and so what that means is it doesn't mean bernie is colluding with russia it just means that they see an opportunity where the progressive wing of our party in some cases, is very, very, very critical of our party and angry. And so they just stoke those fires. And they, they, the trolls come out, like who are literal human beings, mm-hmm. and they have studied us and understand our politics and understand how to you know, make each other crazy online. And so they have the trolls pushing mm-hmm. whatever narrative. And then real people become affected by this. And they get, mm-hmm. you know... They don't allow their critical thinking still skills to enter into it. They only go with their gut and emotion and they start fighting and they're mm-hmm. so condescending and we're so condescending to each other. We're mean to each other. We call each other names and you're so stupid. Don't you know? This is how it is. And, and it's all day fucking long. And that's yeah, how they're using him. I agree. And, and, and uh, like when Bernie won the Nevada call, I, I've said, publicly that I voted for Elizabeth Warren in the California primary. Yay. I'm proud to have done it. I don't take my vote away. And because and, she just she's the one that I think for right now is the person I want to be president. Yeah, me a, too. End of story. And so I voted for her happily and early and they should have my ballot and I will check on it later today because <laughs> um, you can in California. Um, and when he won the Nevada caucus, I tweeted out, congratulations to Senator Sanders. I'm still very happy with my vote. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he gets the nomination, I'm voting for him. Mm-hmm. That's how everybody should be. Yeah. If Elizabeth Warren won the Nevada caucuses, which would have been shocking, but had she <laughs> won it, I would hope that his people, but apparently a lot of his supporters would not be th- that magnanimous. She apparently said congratulations to Senator Sanders mm-hmm. and got he got applause at her own crowd. Yeah. Well, they, so they're really like, not very far apart when it comes to, no, you know, ideology and vision. I think the reason that I support her over him, I mean, other than the things that I explained earlier, is, you know, I mean, she just has more viable plans that she has offered. Mm-hmm. And she explains them well. And I feel like, yes. you know, I mean, and it's certainly not because she's a woman, but I think no. that she's more qualified than he is. And she is a woman. And I, you know, I mean, I, I posted the other day something about, you know, if, if, a man had her qualifications. I mean, without a doubt. Oh, front God, yeah. she, runner front all runner. over. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, if and Joe I mean, Biden had any of her gravitas, yeah. he would be way ahead right now. Yeah, and oh my God, I just got to say, wasn't it just awesome to watch her rip Mike Bloomberg apart? <laughs> I, well, I had to watch it because I was, I was out and so I couldn't see it. Oh, that's right. I saw happening. you tweeting that, yeah. And But then I watched it later and I was like, oh... <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know that I knew and I said that day, um, the day of I said something like, you know, we're going to see how because she's going to I knew they were all going to go after Bloomberg and they all did. Um, but I knew that this would show us how she could go after Trump. And I know even I was concerned about, mm-hmm. all right, how is she going to handle Trump? Is she going to mm-hmm. be, you know, I, I explained one time, you know, it, she'd be like the Mrs. Rogers. He would be like the big, you know, job of the right. hut and she would be like Mrs. Rogers. So I take that back. You know, now after seeing how she she handled herself with Bloomberg, and I know a lot of people didn't like it. They didn't like her behavior. But I feel like men can get away with behavior like that and get applauded. Mm-hmm. And women who go after people, especially men, especially sexist, especially men who have, you know, issues of race, you know, saying racist and doing racist things, women take a lot more shit for it and so obviously she did she took some shit for it because people didn't like the ugliness of the primaries you know a friend of mine who is who is you know he was a bernie supporter i'm not sure he's going to support him now for the same kind of reasons that you Mm -hmm. enumerated um uh and and i posted you know hey i'd miss that but man i heard she was fantastic and happier with my vote and my friend wrote on facebook and it was a guy and he's 70 um, and he was like, oh, that was, she was just, there was a little much. And it's like, dude, no, it's no, about no. time that men like Bloomberg and Weinstein to name another. Yeah. Um, uh, and others get their comeuppance when it comes to that behavior in particular. Now, did I hear right? Is he going to release the women from well, the NDAs? It w- not all. He, there okay. was a, there was a very carefully worded email. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, tweet that they had his team, the LP or whatever had discovered three of the uh, NDAs that had women silenced. And then he said something like, if you're a woman, I think he said, if you're a woman who's, you know, under an NDA, you know, please contact us. So according to him, basically, you know, it was name calling or saying things that, uh-huh. women didn't like and he didn't necessarily want them to repeat i know there was discrimination suits against him um right so i mean i will applaud him if if all these women who are on nd you know under ndas if they get out of their ndas because of what warren did i'll i, I applaud him for doing it but who made him do it mm-hmm. elizabeth warren no exactly. one else he and then yeah. joe biden <laughs> backed her up and that Mm -hmm. was I was so happy to see him do that and the other Mm -hmm. thing that I was really happy about I mean a lot of people didn't like this primary or this debate because they thought it was you know everybody was debating Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really (laughs) think it was mean spirited I thought that they went after each other on policy but this was an extremely important debate and Mm -hmm. you know whoever and clearly Elizabeth Warren was the winner of this particular debate Um, but they all have to go after each other to say hey I'm the better version and here's why so I don't know what people I mean you know I pointed this out in in 2008 Hillary and Barack were going at it and he called her Annie Oakley because of he her did. stance on guns. Mm-hmm. And then what did he do? He made her his secretary of state. So this is the way debates work. This is the way primaries work. I mean, they, mm-hmm. what are you expecting a love fest? And this is, this is an extremely volatile time in, in America. So of course I expected them to do this. And I was like, I was having the best fucking time during that debate. And what I really <laughs> appreciated was even though, you know, War- Warren and Biden would maybe go at it or whatever, they, they always kind of, even with Bernie, I think 
Buttigieg and Bernie, who definitely have a bit of an adversarial relationship, found time to kind of laugh amongst themselves Mm -hmm. about whatever it was, and they made a joke. So they were going after each other, but they also showed a sense of camaraderie within that core group. And then they were just like, fuck you, Bloomberg. All of them. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. And and people are, are, are arguing the fact that, yes, Bloomberg was a Democrat until 2001, people. Mm-hmm. But he's been a Republican ever since until this year. Yeah. And so, and and he was always a centrist Democrat anyway. Mm-hmm. The things I agree with him on are climate change, obviously, a women's right to choose, obviously, and guns. Yeah. Those I agree with him on. Everything else, I don't. And I will bite everything in my body if he is the nominee. But I, don't, I never thought he was going to be the nominee. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think for like a split second, I thought it was possible. And it was just because I really didn't know too much about him. And all I saw was that he was, you know, I'm really glad that he's funding down ticket Democrats. But as Chris Hayes pointed out, a a big reason he's doing that, and I'm grateful for it, but he wants those endorsements. So, um, you know, it's and and then the, the thing that I also don't like is because he's buying his way in. Part of buying your way in means I don't have to go on any on any interviews. So all you have to see of me are my ads telling you how great I am. I don't have to answer any questions. I don't have to come, you know, no hard questions for me. Here's great Mike Bloomberg and I'm paying for all the Democrats. Pick me. It reminds me of um, uh, Ross Perot. Like remember on Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live, Dana Carvey did Ross Perot and I'm going to hatch at this, but I just remember like Dana Carvey going, I'm going to pay for it. I'll pay for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like every mm-hmm. answer to any question was, I'll pay for it. <laughs> and so Mike Bloomberg is kind of, pulling that in. And I, I think that, you know, he would also be a risk. Like the, the one thing that I think are similar about Bloomberg and Bernie, obviously they're very different ideology, ideologically, but I, my concern is that they won't be great presidents and that it would be easier to beat them in 2024. Mm-hmm. And we would either, I think we'll either be facing, and this is going to happen no matter who's president, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie or Biden or whoever, I think it's either going to be somebody like Don Jr. Mm-hmm. or Mitt Romney. And it will really just depend on, I think Mitt will run. But uh, I, yeah. yeah, but it's like, where's the party going to go? Are they going to get more crazy or are they going to rein it in after? Like if Trump is definitely knocked out of you know office in the first four years and God only knows how he's going to behave in that, in, you know, in that lame in that duck session. Lame duck session, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've always had a theory. If he loses the election, he'll just leave. He'll take his ball and go home. Oh, that would be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know, I mean, because he can't handle losing. Yeah. But uh, as, as far as like, if Bernie were to get in, and we say we're lucky enough to get a 52 or 53 person uh, majority in the Senate, more would be better, but we'd mm-hmm. be lucky with 52. And then a majority in the House, if he doesn't get everything that he claims he wants to, he wants to get done, mm-hmm. if he can't get that done, his core people are going to turn on him. Yeah, they will, because they did it with Obama. Yeah. That's what people do. That's how voters are. It's like they they all of a sudden expect you to be a miracle worker. I mean, I keep trying to remind people, presidents don't wave magic wands and create. I mean, yes, no. they can be behind and back legislation. And Absolutely. Like they Obama. They use their power. Yeah, they yeah. can use their power and their influence to, you know, guide a Senate right. vote or guide a House vote. But it boils down to the House and Senate pass legislation. They have to make that work between the two houses and then they send it to the president who may or may not sign it into law and so it's like guys executive orders don't last longer than the presidential terms Mm -hmm. so and most things can't be done that way right and you know (laughs) and and as this 
primary goes on and it does look like I mean I think anything can happen because we've got 47 more states and as you said how, how many is it 4,000 it's, um, it's you need a little over 1,900 delegates mm-hmm. to be the pledge delegates yeah to be considered the winner now if they get less than that that's when the second voting will but so far since we've had super delegates since what the mid 70s mm-hmm. um, or the early 80s not once have they not voted for the person that got the most pledged delegates. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, um, I, and I highly doubt, even if it's a plurality, say Sanders gets 48% of that or 47% or whatever, mm-hmm. if he gets that many, trust me, the, ple- the super delegates are going to vote for the guy that got the most delegates. Plus, yeah. there might be a coalition put together where Elizabeth Warren says to her delegates, hey, go vote for, for Bernie, and then mm-hmm. boom, he's got the pledge delegates. Right. Right. And then, um, what was I going to say? I, I think that with... Um, why do I keep forgetting everything I'm going to say? You know what? I told you, like, before we started, I think before we even started, I told you my mind is like going a million miles a minute today, and I don't know how to rein it in. Do you have too much caffeine? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know, I did take something called garana. I don't know how to say garana. Do you know what that is? No. It's like a, I took it in high school, and I remember it's just like this herb, and I think it's based out of Brazil. I think, I mean, well, based out of, I think it's, it's a, an herb from Brazil and it's supposed to just give you natural energy. It doesn't feel like energy that you would get from, um, like a red oh, bowl. I see what it is. Yeah. It's you know? from Brazil. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember in high school, I, I, I took it before class and it would always just like make me feel for a short period of time. I just felt awake. I didn't feel high or It does have caffeine in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I did take one of those. So it's like my mind is going, and then I, and then like, I forget what I'm going to say. We were talking, oh, delegates. Oh, I know that there's four, we have 47 states to vote. And, and Bernie right now is, um, you know, in the polls he's leading and it looks like from this point he could be the, he might be the nominee, but I just want to remind everybody that prior to Iowa, mm-hmm. we were we had all the polls telling us it's Joe Biden. Absolutely 100% it's Joe Biden and nobody's going to be Joe Biden. Right. And you know, I mean if Joe Biden were to come in second place in one race and you know, maybe first place or third place in another, but I mean his his uh first three prim- primaries were embarrassing. They were. They were and, embarrassing and, and dismal and I don't and think it's going to happen. Super Tuesday is going to yes. decide a lot. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that the idea is right now we're told Bernie's the front runner. Okay, mm-hmm. it makes sense. He's done very well in mm-hmm. all three. So mm-hmm. that momentum could keep going. And obviously doing well gives you more momentum. Mm-hmm. So it very well could be him. But I'm not going to settle on someone yet because I feel like, obviously, like you said, Super Tuesday may change it. And the debate that Elizabeth Warren had, do you know when the next debate is? I do not know. Let's see. Demo. It should be coming soon because I think that, you know, I mean, obviously California can vote early and you voted already. I already We, could, we started voting this past Saturday. Yeah. And so, yeah. but I think that, you know, if there's, there's got to be another debate before Super Tuesday, isn't Let's there? Let's see. February Let's 7th, see. February 19th. Uh, tomorrow. Oh, cool. Okay. So. CBS News. I wonder. Now, is, did Bloomberg qualify for that? I don't know. Because obviously um, we need, we need Elizabeth Warren going after Bloomberg. Well, this is an interesting thing. It's CBS News, BET, Twitter, Congres- Twitter and the Congressional Black Caucus Institute are sponsoring it. 
So hmm. the questions will be will be good. Elizabeth Warren heavy because yeah. she knows how to answer those questions without just talking about crime. Reform. Right. Because um, she's very good at that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next debate is tomorrow. Cool. Um, that's going to be interesting. And it's going to, I think, play into what happens in, on Super Tuesday. And, and And I'm just trying very hard to... Put aside my concerns with Bernie, because if he becomes the president, I don't like I said, it's not like I think he's going to be working with Russia. I, I don't like how he has praised the Soviet Union in the past. And, you know, a lot of his uh, supporters come to defend that. But mm -hmm. I lived in Soviet Russia. Right. I was there and I saw it just as he did. I couldn't, I mean, I was a 12 year old girl. Now, a part of his praise was their public transportation. And I will agree with him. It was very good. I was a 12-year-old girl who took the bus to school. Um, it was funny because my dad worked for ABC News and we had this bowl of money um, in the living room that I could just take from to use for, you know, transportation and stuff like that. And it's funny because, you know, a bowl of money sounds great, but like with Russian money, it's not like... I don't know what the fuck I was going to buy that, you know, I mean, there, there wasn't so much for me to buy, you know, there wasn't, of course there were certain things that I would have wanted and stuff, but where I lived, there was this little, it wasn't a mall, but it was like a Russian version of a mall. And mm -hmm. Oh my God, the stores were so awful. But there was this one store that sold makeup and like women's toiletries. And I'm not kidding. And this was 1980, 81. I'm not kidding when I say their makeup and their, their perfume was exactly like the kind of shit you would buy uh, in like the Barbie toy kind of makeup. Oh, wow. It was bad. Perfume, all of it. It was bad. But um, my point is, is that I had this money and I could go use public transportation. There was one afternoon on a Saturday when I organized it was like a group of my girlfriends. We were all 12 in seventh grade, one boy. And I, they were all diplomats. And diplomats had a little bit more um, privilege than I had. Like I wasn't allowed mm -hmm. to take the American school bus, which I desperately wanted to. But looking back, I'm really glad that I got the more authentic experience. But um, I had to take public transportation. So I was aware of how to use it. I would take taxi cabs or the bus. And so I arranged this trip where my friends and I, you know, met up somewhere. And then we... Uh, went to Gorky Park, which is like, mm -hmm. a, you know, a theme park with rides mm -hmm. and things like that. So um, I was the one who navigated the whole thing because I understood how to. And so it was. So so Bernie praised, you know, certain, you know, I think after school programs or whatever, whatever school programs. So, OK, fine. I will agree with him that the public transportation was easy to use and inexpensive. But my experience in Soviet Russia, the first thing that I talk about is not how great the transportation system right. was. It was like right. a fucking yeah, police state. That's the first thing state. that comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm more about how the the militiamen would stare at you on the street like you were a terrorist. Or I used to leave little um, traps in, in, in my home because I, I heard from somebody that the Russians would go to your home, your apartment, when you weren't there and snoop. So I wanted to check this out. So I would take like little pieces, of, I would take a piece of hair and I would like do a circle eight around cabinets and see if it was broken when I came home. And it was, it was broken. And I would mm -hmm. do little things to see if I could, you know, and, and I, you know, not every time that we left the house, but, you know, it was my stepmother and my dad and me. And when we would go out for, you know, any period of time, yes, people were there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's, there was this other story 
that is just so dumb, but this, I think, perfectly encapsulates the paranoia of Russian or Soviet leader officials, whatever you want to call them. But um, I've explained on my podcast before that I used to terrorize the uh, guards, the, the Russian guards who guarded the American embassy. They were dicks, mm-hmm. and I hated them. And um, they, they, there was this family of Russians that ran into the American embassy and sought refuge there because they were religious. And they did, they're called the Pentecostals, and they, they did have um, an agreement with Americans. And so we gave them a, a place to live in one room. And so these guards would, and it was right next to where the guard stood. So the guard would, would put fires up in the summer so they couldn't see out of their one window and they would build mounds of snow so they couldn't see out of the window. And my girlfriend and I, I used to go kick those mounds of snow. I couldn't do anything to the fire, but I would kick down the mounds of snow and I would throw eggs at them and I would just like fucking torture <laughs> them. But, um, there was this one time when my girlfriend and I took some magazines and we wrapped them up. There was this way that Russians wrap packages. They didn't have bags, but it was like, you know, it was the same material of a paper bag and then they would like wrap them. So we wrapped these magazines like Time magazine and, you know, whatever dumbass magazine was available. And I wrote on there very big, I wrote secret document and me and my dorky 12 year old friend and we were dorks. We, we did this on purpose. We set this up where we were going to run. We were running past the guards and I accidentally on purpose dropped the, the, the package so that the mm-hmm. word secret document showed up. And then I, <laughs> and then I acted all like, Ooh, and I pick it up like I'm hiding it. And then we go around the corner and we sit there for a minute and we're snickering and laughing and we leave the secret document package there. And then we go, <laughs> then we casually stroll back into the embassy. And then a couple of hours later we go back and the secret document was gone. Of course. So it was like, are you kidding me? We were 12 year old idiots and they were so paranoid that they had to even check that. And so, you know, the point is they were, it was a police state. It was like living in a prison and it's like, why is Bernie praising them? Sure. There might be some good programs. Sure. Mm -hmm. It was easy to navigate in a police state, how, you know, public transportation, but that's not worthy of praise. But, you know, I think as a president, clearly he's just, he, he doesn't scare me. He just makes me feel like, are you really going to be able to get things done? Are you really going to be able to do what you're talking about doing? Because I don't know that you're going to be able to do that. You Mm -hmm. know, I I hope that you do. I am on your side. But are you really going to be able to do it? Do you have these kinds of plans that Elizabeth Warren has, like with her wealth tax that she explains 150 times so that even I can understand it? Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, it's like, I don't know, but I will do everything I can to get behind him because I feel like and it's also going to be about who he chooses. Some people are saying he's going to choose Tulsi and I can't see that happening because God, I hope I, if he does, then then I have got real problems. Oh, yeah. Well, to me, if he chooses her, he's specifically letting everyone know that he's not serious. And that's, right. I just think he's, he is serious. He wants to be president. I agree. And so um I don't think he's going to pick somebody like Kamala Harris. No, I, she's the perfect AG. She should be everybody's yeah. first choice for AG. Just <laughs> yeah. pick her. But Do I that. mean, I don't see him going to a centrist. I see him going, and I can't figure out who it might be. Maybe Stacey Abrams, but I don't know that she's ready to be vice president, although mm-hmm. I would feel completely confident in her. What about um, Val Demings? I don't know who that is. Who is that? A Val Demings. Wasn't she a, 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 I might have her. No, I have her name correct. Um, isn't she, wasn't she a yeah? She was one of the uh, impeachment managers. Oh, okay. Well, that would be good as long you know, like you know who Katie Porter is. 
Yeah, I love Katie Porter. So I think she's too new. She just got voted in, I think, in 2018, right? And, and it was a tough district for her to win. Yeah. But, I mean, is she ready to be the vice president? No. But I think what um, – I mean, I still – again, I would feel more confident with her than, you know, Mike Pence, but uh, which clearly well, the, the, Bernie wouldn't choose. No, and, and the thing with a, with a Katie Porter is she's a California Democrat. Mm-hmm. We don't need California. Oh, right. It's exactly. Not a smart well, but my, 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 po- my point is, is that she, I think that he would choose somebody who doesn't necessarily, that they'd either have a label of progressive or they wouldn't have a label of centrist so, right. well, or like, moderate. Well, with Val Demings, she she represents Florida's 10th, mm-hmm. and she's an ex-cop, which could be problematic because of people don't right. like cops. Right. But she was the chief of police in Orlando, black woman. That's kind of major. Wow. Um, yeah. And she was an amazing impeachment manager. Hmm. Um, so she does have some, and she has Florida. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are these are things that go, Beto is another potential choice because he's young and we need Texas. Yeah. I mean, he has to think strategically yeah. and age-wise. Like, if he were to pick Tulsi, it's a stupid idea on a number of levels, let alone she represents Hawaii. Yeah. He doesn't need Hawaii. Yeah, true. Exactly. But yeah, again, Tulsi would be to me an, an absolute message. It would message be a slap that, in the face. And, and it would be a message that he's just here to spoil. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that's what he's doing. The dude, want, I mean, he, you don't create this ground game since mm-hmm. 2015 to lose. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, I, don't, I do not understand Bernie's supporters that support Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, and, and, the, and then turn around and don't support Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. What is wrong with them? <laughs> I know. And then they call her a snake. So what the it, fuck it, is up with that? And, and some people think that he should pick Elizabeth Warren as his running mate. No, the, the age. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree if with you. If she were in her 60s, that would be fine. Yeah. But no. I'd be for Julian. Also Julian I'd Castro. Go, I would go for Julian Castro. He would be great because Texas again. Um, yeah. Anything that where we need the state and then somebody that's young and, and I mean, Julian, people don't know him that well mm-hmm. on any level, really. Um, but then you have Sanders and Castro. Just think about that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, there's there's beta or I mean, what, what do you think of like a Cory Booker? I don't think that Bernie Sanders people will like it, but yeah. I would be fine with that. Well, I would be but fine. But again, with we don't it, need yeah. Jersey. See, we got to think. True. We got to think. Like Ohio, Sherrod Brown would be fantastic, oh but I don't God. want him to leave the Senate because then it would have a, yeah, a Republican appointing true. a new senator. So there's all these, like, you yeah. know, great senators and great people out there. Like, if, if, if Corey were in Ohio, go with Corey. You know what I yeah, mean? You've got to kind of. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I just, I can't imagine that Sanders would go for a moderate, though. I think that. He he would he would either go with somebody like I said who is either labeled as progressive or just nothing because Katie Porter to me she's she doesn't carry a label outside right. of Democrat she's a Democrat for the people and I right. could see I mean I don't think he should but I right. could see somebody like her you know him picking her for that reason and I mean she would be a fantastic and after she's had some time and you're right, the California thing, we don't need it. But I mean, just in, in terms of motivating people, somebody right. like her could motivate and go, wow, I really love her. And, you know, I don't think she's ready for it. But but that's just my point is that she doesn't necessarily carry any kind of label. And, right. you know, I mean, I, I fear if you get someone too progressive, which frankly, I'm extremely progressive. Same but I, but I, I feel like, OK, we live in a country that, you know, not everybody has 
that kind of ideology and that scares them and they, you know, they think in terms of far left and all this crap. And it's like, maybe it would just be better to find someone who is a little bit more, uh, maybe not moderate, but somebody who's going to appeal to those Hillary Clinton voters. I agree. And I mean, I have some friends of mine that I've known my whole life, uh, friends of my brother's and, um, one friend of mine, he's in his he's in his late sixties now, and he's like, I don't know about Bernie, and I'm like, Oh God, you know, <laughs> you were a hippie. Shut up. Um, yeah, what's up you're with a these? Musician, get it. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know about Bernie either, but all of them. I mean, including yeah. fucking sexist, racist Bloomberg gets my vote mm-hmm. because what's the alternative? The alternative exactly. is Donald Trump, and you know, I maintain that if if Donald Trump gets a second term, this country is gone forever we may never have fair and free elections it's like at least with bloomberg we'll have elections and we can vote him out Mm -hmm. or you know and and i I mean i certainly wouldn't want him to be voted out i mean i don't want him to have eight terms but i want the next democratic president to have eight term or not eight terms uh two term eight years um but i but i feel like you know it's a no-brainer I, I, don't, I don't give a shit which Democrat, with the exception of Tulsi, which is not even, she's not going to be a nominee because she is not viable. So with no. all of the viables, and even Amy Klobuchar is not viable, but, but even her, yes, 100%, I'm for her. Mm-hmm. I'm for any of them. I'm for Pete Buttigieg. I'm for all of them because it's like Bob said the other night when we were watching the, uh, the debate, he's like, it'd be great if we could just have a presidential panel. And all yeah. of them could be a president. And I'd be like, that well, would I mean, be it's awesome. A cabinet. We yes. have a cabinet on that stage. Yes. You know, <laughs> and it's like, just pick who you want. You know, yeah. I mean, even Andrew Yang, God bless him. Now he's going to be a CNN cons- uh, consultant, apparently. He even said, I miss being with these people on the stage. I miss being in the race with all of these people. Mm-hmm. And that's some, that says a lot about the people that he was competing against. Yeah. Um, that, that he literally, with, he sounded genuine. I miss being around these people. I learned a lot from them. Hmm. You know, so that's like, okay, good. This is good to know. I, Andrew Yang, God bless him, like Bob said, he, just because you have the, you know, just because you have A, money, or two great ideas doesn't mean you should be running for president. Yeah. Try city council. Mm-hmm. Try that. <laughs> See how that try goes. Try that, Andrew Yang. You know, try try dog catcher. Try something prior to president. You know, at Bloomberg, love him or hate him, he at least has been a mayor of a major, major city. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he does understand um, politics. Absolutely. Is, I'm hearing... That's my fax oh, machine, okay, I'm okay. old lady. I <laughs> I'm have like, a fax machine. Um. I want to go back, though, to what, and I don't know if I finished it, and I can't say his name, Anand, and it's G-I-R-I-D-H-A-R-A-D-A-S. So I don't know how to say his last name. I think he is the fucking shit. And when he was on um, Joy Reid, he was basically saying, you know, the, the people in... Um, you know, the political elite or, you know, the Joe Scarboroughs and, and even MSNBC and CNN are freaking out about Bernie. And he's saying, you know, everybody's ask, acting like aristocrats here. Right. And they're not saying, they're, all they're worried about is stopping Bernie. And they're mm-hmm. not worried about why the population is going for him. And maybe they should focus on that. And that's where mm-hmm. I go back to, you know, I'm a progressive and, you know, I, I was a Sanders progressive. I'm a Elizabeth Warren progressive. I'm actually more Elizabeth Warren because I do believe in having, um, I, I like, I think that the 
we should have a capitalistic society with regulation, absolutely, with a wealth tax. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't want to have some kind of, um, I don't want to get anywhere close to communism. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the idea of capitalism, but it has to be regulated, and the wealthy have to pay their fair share when they're the ones who are experiencing socialism, really, because they get all the bailouts, exactly. and the people like us who need it aren't getting it. So. That's why I'm a little bit more along the lines of, of, of where she's coming from. But I get this idea that there's this movement of people who are saying, we've got to change. And instead of arguing with us and, and freaking out and saying, you know, no, Bernie, Bernie, for, you know, never Bernie. Instead of going there, why is this happening? This is happening because people do. We want to change when Obama promised it to us. Mm-hmm. We want it. We want to put this country in a more forward, progressive motion. And when I say progressive, I don't mean political. I just mean progress. Mm -hmm. You know, we want progress. We want uh, 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 our roads to be repaired. We want better schools. I mean, look, ever for how long the the Republicans have been cutting funding for education and it has not been replenished. Mm -hmm. And now teachers are not, they can't even afford to do their job and they have to beg on Twitter they set up these, you know, Kristen Johnston was doing this, I think it was close to the end of last year, where, you know, these, these teachers have these wish lists of supplies that they need, and they, mm-hmm. they put a wish list on Amazon, and you and me have to help fund that. And it's like, that shouldn't be. They should have I that agree. shit and get paid well. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 what we pay, I have several friends that are our teachers, and so it's abysmal what they're and they're paid at public schools, which pays slightly better than some private schools, mm-hmm. and some are at charter schools, which is I, I, charter schools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send your t- kids to private school, do it. I don't want to have to pay for a private school as a taxpayer. Thank you very much. I yeah. want to pay for my public schools. Right. Um, I went to private school so I can, you know, I, I don't have children. I pay taxes because I want educated people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not a breeder. And I, um, and I did go to public school and I went to California public school with which I have said on the show many times leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. I mean, I was no, fortunate. My schools to have, were great. I was lucky. So yeah. Well, I mean, you had the, you know, you, you were fortunate because your mom had enough money to send you to those yeah, schools. My, yeah. Both of my parents, I mean, cause my dad was a producer too, but, um, no, I was very, both of my parents went to public school though. I mean, my mm-hmm. mom went to Lacan junior high and then, yeah, but I'm sure it was better when she was younger. It probably was. I mean, my dad went to, uh, he grew up in Crenshaw, wow. um, which was always a poor neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, cause his family was, both my parents' families were dirt poor. You know what? Uh, I wanted to bring up. There is an apartment building in Hollywood that I remember people would always point out that your mother grew up there. Yeah, it's on the corner of Yucca and Wilcox. There you go. That's it then. Mm -hmm. Because I had a girlfriend who lived on Whitley. Do you know where Whitley is? Uh Yeah, I just always remember. Yeah, it's right around there. And and Uh so I just always remember that little piece of trivia about your mom. (laughs) So it's true. (laughs) It's true. Very much true. I know the exact apartment she lived in. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I miss California. (laughs) Come visit. We have a pool and everything. um, Our our guest house is about the size of your refrigerator. (laughs) Well, let me just tell you this um i can't go anywhere with bob because or he can't go anywhere with me because i have a 16 year old cat and i'm not i I have nowhere to leave her and so even like on an overnight trip i don't leave her alone anymore because oh my god uh last year one night i mean she was sick wasn't she last year well she yeah she had uh 
a blockage. You know, she she oh, she couldn't pass her poo, and oh. so it was awful. And I have a tendency. I'm not very good when, you know, animals are in pain. I, I get so upset. My stomach hurts. And so this whole night was agonizing for me because she was basically she she started scre- not, not screaming, but really crying. Oh, and yeah. then she w- she would lay on the floor and she would move around like she, you could tell oh. that she was uncomfortable. I actually mm-hmm. had some CBD that I gave her and it helped um, mm-hmm. until I could get her to the vet. But it, it freaked me out so much because I know that if they can't pass pass it, sometimes they can die oh, because absolutely. you know the toxic stuff and just builds up and it kills them so um i can't i cannot risk i mean i do give her um twice a day i give her miralex because it it helps so- it's a stool softener uh, so you know i mean i have to give it to her because you know she she doesn't really eat enough wet food i put it mm-hmm. down for her but she doesn't really eat it i mean obviously she drinks water but um and i have to give her this special dry food or she throws up all the time and I know she gets hairballs so it's like I don't have anywhere to leave her and on top of it she's neurotic and (laughs) she she's a torty she's called a dilute torty and torties are known for being like Bob and I say that she's the special needs kitty and she truly is so she when she gets upset she pees outside of the litter box and you know I mean she lived with my mom for a while but if I were to bring her back to my mom's house now um, my mom has two cats and one of them will, I know, be aggressive with my cat, not mean, but right. not like physically aggressive, but she'll growl and everything. And then that's going to cause my cat to pee all over my mom's house. <laughs> and I just, I, I'm like, well, see, when we leave, when we leave our house, our cat who is an indoor outdoor cat, mm-hmm. she, what we're noticing now is she gets up in the morning and yells at Lonnie to let her outside. <laughs> so he opens up he opens up our cat door because we lock it up and, and she goes outside, but then she comes back in to use the litter box. Oh, that's so funny. That's so it's weird. The, must, it's the weird it's like, honey, I thought the whole point of going outside was because you had to poo or something. No, I'm good. I just I would want to go out there for a minute and then come back. It's the she's becoming an indoor cat on her own. Right. Um, but we do lock her in when we leave town mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I let family members and the neighbors know and right. our alarm company knows that there is an animal should something happen like a fire. Yeah. You know, they know that we have a cat. So to look right. for her, you know, anything like that. And we did have people spending, but she's not very good with humans yeah. other than us. Uh-huh. And so she would just be scared and hide. And so it's yeah. better for her just to be pissed off at us for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to leave um, Miranda alone when I had another cat named Pearl and I lived on my own. And mm-hmm. Pearl I actually brought Miranda home when Pearl was 10. And I wasn't sure how they would hit it off, but they did. They just like immediately, they fell in love with each other. And so I would, you know, like my gra- like when my grandmother passed away, I just had Pearl and I left Pearl alone and I had this neighbor watch her and thankfully she managed to survive it because he wasn't very good but he got her fed and she was alive so I was happy but she screamed at me for five days she was just like where the hell were you what the fuck did you do to me and um and so you know I mean I I remember this was like in September of of 2003 and then I met Miranda at a pet, my friends had a pet store. And so they had all these, you know, I mean, it was definitely not like a typical pet store. They didn't, they didn't buy from puppy mills. It was just like, you know, people would have cat litters and say, drop them off. So it was a Mm -hmm. rescue place. But um, I went in, I would go into this pet store, because my friends always had these puppies, and I loved to sit in the puppy bin. And just, you know, 
all the puppies jumping on you and it's the most delightful thing in the whole entire world. And since I, my friend owned the store, I could come in anytime I want and just sit there and play with all the dogs. And so Miranda was in a cage with some kittens and she saw me and she like, literally she hooked her front paws onto the cage and started screaming at me. So I went out and I'm a cat person. I mean, I have, I love all animals, but I'm a cat person. So I went over there and I held her and my friend Annie, who owned the store, she just kept saying to me over and over again, Miranda's so special. Miranda's so special. And I had no (laughs) intentions of bringing a cat home because I thought my cat Pearl would not be happy with that. But I had remembered that when my grandmother died, Pearl was like, where the fuck were you? So anyway, I I put Miranda back into the, the cage and I go over to the puppies and Miranda starts screaming again. And she basically was saying, take me home. You're my, you're my new mother. And I did. And, you know, I was told that she had peed in the bed of her prior, somebody took her home. I found out later it was really two people. This happened with two different families where they took her home. There were other pets. Miranda would pee in the bed and they would bring her back to the pet store. So Miranda, I took her home. She peed in my bed and I was concerned so I, I, I fixed it by giving her own, her own litter box. And it was so funny because I gave her this litter box where she didn't have to share it with Pearl. And I put her in it and she peed. And I was like, woohoo, yay. And I praised her. And she, <laughs> she really liked being praised. And then she never once, well, in, in, my, in that living situation, living with me, right. never once peed outside of the litter box again. And then later I moved up to Northern California and I lived with my mom for a while and, you know, before I eventually moved out. But while I was living there, the peeing kind of started again. And fortunately, that like when Bob and I moved in together, she was pretty good. She's had her moments. But like during the Christmas break, she had she was peeing in his bathroom because that's where the litter box is. Right. She was peeing on the rug. She peed on the tree skirt under the tree. And I, I managed to and, you know, Bob figured out because I think she's doing it. Because um, our schedules are different. She's used to us being home Uh, all the time. And now we're going to family events and we're in. And I think she got freaked out. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, I am stuck here. I am a prisoner to my cat. (laughs) 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 And I do not want her to leave me. But I know one day that's going to happen. And that's when Bob and I can start taking vacations. And I feel so bad for him because I told him, I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. I want to go to New York so badly. Yeah. But I just, I can't leave her. I will spend I the entire time obsessing. Well, if I get out there, uh, I'll introduce you to some friends of mine that might be able to babysit. That would be cool. <laughs> she, but I, I need someone to like stay here because I, I get oh, so yeah, scared no, that's that what I would do, yeah, yeah. she would get like, I'm afraid that she's going to have some kind of blockage and need to go. Like I go to my mom's house every once in a while and poor Bob has to listen to me like 35 times go, don't forget to pay extra attention to her. Don't forget to like tell her how special she is. <laughs> he's, he's like, I do that. I'm like, but I need you to do it more. <laughs> You don't know how she is. She's so used to just having me by her side constantly, you know, so she she's very neurotic and she has those special needs. But anyway, um, so do you, did you want to talk about Harvey Weinstein? Well, I just want to say that I'm glad that he was guilty. He's he yes. didn't get he's not guilty on something like predatory sexual assault. Not guilty. Right, um, And that uh, from what I understand, you need to have corroboration for that mm-hmm. and and I guess what the, the the legal minds are saying is I guess they didn't believe Annabella Sciorra and the others when it came at least one juror probably didn't believe mm-hmm. it so they all you know right. I'm just glad he got convicted of anything yeah me too now it's like I don't remember who it was somebody on Twitter 
who's prominent, whose name I forget, but said, okay, he's no longer known as an, uh, an accused rapist. Now he's a convicted rapist. And they took him away immediately in handcuffs. Yes. There is no waiting for him uh-huh. at home. You know, good. Yeah. You know, because it it's a violent crime. Yeah. So, yeah, you take him. It's not a white collar crime here. This is a violent, violent crime. I mean, Rikers Island ain't fun. No. And I'm just I'm really happy that this is happening because he deserves it. It's just like with um, he does with Cosby. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's good to see. And, you know, I mean, Cosby is a black man. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we saw what happened with um, O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Harvey Weinstein and I'm glad that it's not just the black man right. who went to jail. I'm glad a white man who was Mr. Fucking Hollywood is uh-huh. going to jail because, yeah. it, you know, the, I wrote this article last year that I often tweet out and it's how, you know, white men rape women and children and white male judges give them a pass. Yeah. There was this one story that I'll never, ever fucking get over where it was a wealthy man and he raped a child and the, the judge said, well, this guy's rich and he's, he, he wouldn't do well in prison. So no prison time for him after he raped a child. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't I, understand that. I don't, it just, it's, I, I get, I yep. get crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So the, at least this is, you know, I can only imagine how relieved Patricia Arquette must be feeling because I yeah. see her posting about him a lot. And, um, you know, I know that even though, like you said, I mean, it's hard to prove certain things, but he is a, now known as a convicted raci- mm-hmm. a rapist. And, you know, and some people are saying, oh, he's going to get a pardon, but I don't think he will because the right paints Harvey Weinstein as a Democrat. So and maybe he is. I don't know. But that's what they want to you know, they want to point their finger and say, look, it's the Democrats and the liberals who are rapists. And so I don't think Trump would benefit. Like, where's the benefit? Well, it would be then he would be. Oh, see, like with Rod Blagojevich. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure he's friends with Weinstein. Yeah. He is. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's met him. Yeah. um, You know. Uh, and probably thinks he's fantastic. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my God! Well, I, 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 <laughs> it's just good that it, I'm just good, or I, I should say I'm just glad that the, this went down the way it did. And the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, the, the last subject, is, um, and I know that I'm a broken record, but it's the mansplainers. <laughs> it's the mansplainers. So many fucking uh-huh. mansplainers. So, so yesterday, I, I tweeted something in the morning, and it, it went viral. The last time I checked it, I think it was over 10,000 um, likes. So I said, Elizabeth Warren is the best candidate all around. Plans, temperament, experience. But voters are too fucked up and sexist to see it. I'm disgusted. Now, I just want to preface the idea of I understand that not every voter uh, prefers Elizabeth Warren. And it has nothing to do with her gender. Some people prefer maybe Amy Klobuchar. Maybe they mm-hmm. prefer Joe Biden's uh, kind of you know centrist views. I understand that. And I don't say that they're sexist for having, obviously, if somebody prefers Amy Klobuchar or Kamala Harris or something like that, I'm not calling them sexist. And I know Kamala isn't in the race, but I'm just using her as an example. But it's like the overall bigger picture is a corporate America is so afraid of her. And, you know, she is as a woman, any woman is going to have to face hurdles that a man would not have to face with the exact same, even lesser qualifications and so you know i mean it's just like somebody pointed out and and i don't remember who it is 
um, that it's very telling that somebody like Pete Buttigieg has gotten so much support. And this is not a bash on Pete. It's, it's a bash mm-hmm. on voters that, you know, all these women who are more qualified are struggling while he gets to soar. And it doesn't take anything away from him. But why is it him as opposed to them? When they have more experience, like Amy Klobuchar points out every fucking debate that she's always winning elections, you right. know, and, and, and he, he's, you know, he won an election with 8,000 votes. And, and so it's like, she has pointed out, I have won fucking everything I've done. Yet right. the white man automatically, automatically gets the position of, of, you know, he's somebody that we should be considering more than the woman with more experience. And that's the overall gist of what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. I don't think everyone is a sexist if they don't like her. Right. So somebody quote tweeted me and agreed. And then this man who has 200,000 followers and I don't know who he is, but he is a blue checker and he was so upset with the way I worded it and offered. And you know, what was really awesome was Charlie Pierce and I don't know each other. We met at the uh, sexy liberal comedy thing last year with Stephanie Miller thing. But, um, you know, he, he and I don't really know each other. And, and one time he scolded me for saying that I think Elizabeth Warren should tell us how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. He got upset and he scolded me, but I didn't mind because it was like, Oh my God, he's even paying any attention to me at all. And so, um, so in this particular case, he came to my defense and I was just so like, I was so pleased, like Charlie Pierce is coming to my defense. And so I got really snarky and sarcastic with this guy. And he was basically, he had offered up alternative ways for me to present my case. Oh, God. So it's like, I'm so fucking sick and tired. I mean, men, women do it too. But, you know, so many times men do not like it when you call out sexism. And they're like, you, should, you shouldn't be saying it this way. Here's the way you should be saying it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I'm just so fucking tired of it. And I, you know, I sound like a broken record because it just keeps happening. You know, it's funny because I went to an all girls school for two and a half years from seventh grade to the uh, to the end of the first half of ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And something about, first off, that age period, that age range, mm-hmm. and only having girls in classes, you're expected to know things that, say, in a co-ed class, you're not expected to know. Hmm. Interesting. Like math and science classes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then in the, we had a brother school, and I'm sure the boys had a similar situation where in English and history and yeah. language courses, they were expected to know things that they're not necessarily expected to know in a yeah. co-ed situation. And so when I left that school and went back to a co-ed school, I wasn't afraid to raise my hand in biology class. I wasn't afraid to raise my hand in algebra class. I mm-hmm. wasn't afraid, you know, it didn't scare me because I was expected to know the answers mm-hmm. to these things regardless of my sex mm-hmm. and I think that that has a lot to do with how boys and uh, men and women treat each other is yeah, how they're that expected to be treated and it's a teacher bias mm-hmm. and it's it's and so I it's it's outside the realm of a lot of possibilities but I think that students in those courses where boys are supposed to be better at or girls are supposed to be better at they should then just be single sex because then everybody yeah. gets the education that they deserve <sighs> Totally. <laughs> I mean, I mean totally. honestly, I mean, I was really good at math. I'm really good at math. I'm jealous. <laughs> you know? I was not. 
I was I'm not excellent at math. at math, and and it's like, and I had really good teachers, mind you. Mm-hmm. I had a terrible chemistry teacher at one of my schools. A nice guy, but terrible teacher. Um, uh, and I probably would have done better with a better teacher, yeah. but still, it was like you know, at at Westlake, um, it was expected, you yeah. know. It just, I mean, in seventh grade, we had our sex education for the one week, <laughs> and Mr. Frost brought out condoms and diaphragms and birth wow. control pills, and, you know, all, I'm 11 years old, and I'm like, Mom and Dad are letting me do this? You know? <laughs> I think one of my classmates wasn't allowed to take that class wow. um, for that week or whatever it was. But, I mean, and, you know, and this poor man has to teach these 11- and 12-year-old mm-hmm. little girls yeah. about sex, <laughs> you know, and, and we're in uniforms and the whole thing, and it's like this, I felt so bad for him the older I got. I'm like, oh, that poor man. Wow. Um, but, you know, we learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always me. did. You know, if I had a good teacher, I did well. I mean, there was, yeah. I always take, there was this guy, he was my history teacher in high school. His name was Mr. Sweet. And I remember, you know, I was never miss school. I was, mm-hmm. you know, more, in, I was typical in that I cared more about my friends and going to parties and what I was wearing and all that shit. I mean, I did okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I was fortunate because I, oh, I didn't always do my homework and I got away with shit, but I was smart enough that I could pull it off. And, you know, but I had Mr. Sweet was a history teacher and he kind of reminded me of like a 1950s teacher. And mm-hmm. I, I, the first day he told us how a class was going to be handled. And I remember thinking, I'm going to fucking hate this class because he, he said, you know, you get, you'll have your uh, chapter and then I'm going to pick the questions. I'm not going to go with what the book is telling me to pick. I'm picking the questions. Mm-hmm. So you have to read every word of the chapter right. and you have to understand it. And, and I'm just thinking, no. And I wound <laughs> up loving him. I was, I was, you know, I mean, I, I did my homework because I was afraid of him. Like I did not want to get bad grades. I did never want to have to go in front of him and have him like, tell me I was a bad student. And so we got our report cards and I remember mm-hmm. afterward he said, okay, I graded you guys. Now I want you to grade me. And I was just Great. so impressed with him and I gave him an A plus and he's always remained my favorite teacher because, you know, initially he scared me, but I, mm-hmm. he was so interested in politics that, um, our class was fourth period right before lunch. And so there was this one particular day where he was in front of the class telling a story about Diamond Jim Brady and he was just having the best time. And this, you know, this, the bell rang for lunch and he wasn't finished. And he, you know, he basically said, okay, you know, uh, go ahead. And nobody wanted to go because we were all totally mm-hmm. into the story and we, we let him finish. But, you know, that was mm-hmm. rare because I had other teachers that just didn't give a shit. I had this one teacher in eighth grade and he was also looked like he was from the 1950s. And I got to say, I felt sorry for this guy because in this school that I went to, it was in Silver Lake, California. And so mm-hmm. there were definitely... Um, some of the boys that were in my class were in a gang and they were... Uh, maybe not so friendly to the teacher. And I know that, that that guy, he was this older white man. And I think that he felt intimidated by some of these younger kids and they were literally in a gang. They were in the stoners, Wow. you know, there was the stoners and they would always right. fight with the cholos. And so we had stoners in our school. And I mean, that's what, you know, I'm sure they got stoned, but their name was the stoners. And so they, they would harass him. I mean, they were never, from my experience, I never saw violence, but they would, they would just fuck with him. They would take his lunch and they would, they would, you know, fuck with him. And so he was very, um, uh, defensive. And I remember the first day of that class, 
he said to everybody, and his name was Mr. Mr. Mitchell, and he literally had one of those pocket protectors, and um, he was this little tiny man, and he said, if you have any questions, for God's sakes, ask. And I'm like quoting him verbatim. And if you ever in his class raise your hand, he would point at you and go, sit down and shut up. <laughs> like he, I think he had just gone, like the, the boys in my class fucked with him so much. He just yeah. lost all the will. He yeah. just didn't, he just didn't care anymore. And, you know, I mean, it was sad to see, but if I had a good teacher, I did well because I respected them and then I feared them. I did not want them to single me out and right. call me up and say, Kimberly, what's, th- what's wrong with you? So I did well. You well know? It's, like, it's like with Simon Cowell when he was on Idol. It's like you want his praise. You don't want Paul Abdul's praise. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, That's so funny. Because he, he know, he's, he's not going to give you a line of horse shit. Yeah. And, and so if he likes you, he means it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And I, you know, I mean, I, I started this off on mansplaining, but it, you know, it, it did, just, you know, it, it does morph. Hi, it does morph. World. That always morphs. <laughs> but you know, I mean, we don't need to spend tons of time on it. It's just, you know, I mean, of course, women splain to you too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just a man. There's all kinds of splainers out there. But it, there's this one particular kind that I just, you know, I mean, this guy was, he, you know, I f- finally, I, I was being really sarcastic because I said something like when he told me uh, alternatives to how I could have presented it. I, I said, maybe I should smile more. And then, and then I said something like, thanks for explaining, uh, thanks for explaining it to me. And he's like, see, it's no point even talking to you because you, so I said, all right. I said, look, in all seriousness, I understand what I said didn't sit well with you, but I make no apology. And I said, truce, I'm going to bed. So he basically answers and he says, oh, you don't have to apologize. um, But, you know, you should act this way that I think is preferable. And so I, I, I was just like. I, I think I, I don't know. I think I might have given him an okay, thanks answer. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was, just, it was like fuck off, <laughs> you know, just fuck you. I don't know who. You, and, and the other thing was, is he he told me, look, I really like your work. Okay, I've never even seen this guy before. I, he's right. never interacted with me from from what I know. He hasn't retweeted me. I've never seen him, and so it's like all of a sudden he's he basically just told me that, so that I would oh he likes me. Okay, oh, I'll smile more. <laughs> <laughs> you you have some nice legs there, Kimberly. You might want to think about wearing some shorter skirts. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, we've been going at this now for like more than an hour. I should yeah, let you have. go. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 it's not you. I mean, I could talk to you all day long. Um, and you'll definitely have to come back and as I said, I want to talk to you about your uh, life. You know, your sure. Carol Burnett's daughter and that's just yes. I mean like so many other people in this country on, you know, was it on Friday? Was it on Friday nights? Was the show Saturday, on- Saturday? Nights, okay, 10 p.m. Well, uh, I watched it. Coast. You know, I was a kid. I watched that show. I fucking love that show. I love your mom. I, of course, the, you know, I mean, there's so many obvious skits that she, you know, everybody remembers. But the one that I just love so much is the um, Gone with the Wind. You know, I mean, I've oh, used. It's a brilliant sketch. Yeah, I've used her uh, dress as my cover photo. <laughs> She's so funny. And I mean, I can only imagine what kind of childhood you had. I mean, I was. I grew up in Los Angeles. My mom wasn't famous, but uh, you know, it's interesting because when you grow up in Los Angeles, you have the opportunity just to meet and see famous people everywhere, even if you're not mm-hmm. in the business. Mm-hmm. And you know, like my mom was in the business in that shit for a while. She answered when we first moved 
to California, her, one of her jobs was answering, um, what's his name? Captain Kirk, whatever his name is, his fan mail. Mm. And so, and it's funny because she used to have a crush on him too, William Shatner. Yeah. And so, I don't know, we, you know, she met other people who were in the business and somehow we got invited to the softball games, softball games of the stars. So there would be like everybody from Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy and Happy Days and all the popular shows. And so, you know, I would run around with a bunch of kids and we would all chase everybody for their autograph, which I never really cared about an autograph, but it was just like, you saw famous people everywhere. And, yeah. you know, I mean, so I can't even imagine what it was like for you where your whole life was, must have been, you know, famous people and Hollywood experiences and all of that. So we definitely have to have a show about that. Sure. And that's going to require work on my part. So it'll be a little <laughs> while, but I'll do it. I promise. Don't read the bio <laughs> that's on my website because it's full of shit. <laughs> Okay, I won't. I'll send it to you. It's very funny. My friend Sean wrote it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. But you know, you'll you'll come back um, now that we've gotten finally we've gotten this underway. Uh, definitely want to have you back talking about politics for sure. But we'll do that Absolutely. one episode where I want to just like ask you all kinds of questions because I'm so fucking curious and I'm sure everybody <laughs> else is. So and it's just really going to please me. You know, I mean, okay. just hearing about you. So, but thank you for being on the show. Um, My pleasure. And why don't you tell everybody where to find you? It's at uh, from-the-bunker.com, and I'm also on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Woohoo! Yes, and you are on Stephanie Miller. Aren't you on her every Wednesday? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. I go, I go there. I, I get up at four in the morning oh, wow. uh, to go to there. Wow. <laughs> um, so usually I say a little bit after the, sh after the guest leaves, but I'm not going to. So I'm just going to say I'm going to put all of Jody's information in the text of the Patreon description. You can also find me on um, Twitter, author Kimberly at uh, it's K-I-M-B-E. E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget I have books on Amazon. I wrote a book about abortion and it's for teens, but you know, adults have read it and they like it too. But anyway, uh, you can go to my Amazon page, Kimberly A. Johnson, and next or on Wednesday, I'm supposed to be interviewing um, Liz Winstead. And hopefully, Ooh. hopefully, hopefully we're doing it at five o'clock and I normally do like, you know, we're doing it at one. So I usually do it earlier in the day. So I'm letting everybody know and just reminding everybody again that if for some reason she has to cancel, I will have a show on Thursday no matter what. But um, I'm just, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with people who are big and famous, they have busy schedules. So <laughs> hopefully she's going to make it. Everything sounds good, you know, right now. And I'll do the show with her and I'll post it a little later than usual. But thank you again, Jody. It was so much fun doing the show with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to the next time. Yay. Okay, Yay. everybody, check out the Patreon description. Go follow her if you don't. Listen to her podcast. She's awesome. And then again, she's on with Bob every Thursday and Stephanie every Tuesday. Take care, everyone. See you later. Bye.